welcome to Monsters and Mixers, the spine-chilling podcast guaranteed to quench your thirst for all things spooky and one thing drinky. Can't get enough of paranormal or true crime stories? Then this is the place for you. We are your hosts, Amy and Emma, and each episode will feature a new story and a new cocktail recipe to help calm your nerves while you listen. So grab your ingredients, pull the covers up tight, and prepare to be terrified by tales of the darkness among us. Welcome back to Monsters and Mixers podcast. We are your hosts. My name is Emma. And I'm Amy. And we are back this week to deliver you another true crime tale this this week. Yeah. It's my week. So we've decided to switch it up a little bit on our true crime episodes. Um, we're no longer going to be bringing you a signature drink on true crime episodes. We decided that that might come across to some people as a little bit disrespectful. And we want to make sure that we are giving proper respect to the people who are victims of these crimes. So these episodes we're going to like kind of flow with a little bit of a BYOB situation where if you want to engage in drinking a cocktail that's fine just get whatever you like your favorite drink um we're gonna be drinking some mimosas tonight just to kind of help us through the awful story we're about to take Mm -hmm. on yeah it's a little different like when we do the signature ones for the paranormal stuff because sometimes we're just talking about like locations and not necessarily like I mean, obviously, some of our stories, paranormal-wise, have true crime aspects to them, as most do. But we just didn't want to be, like, frivolous. <laughs> right. And we don't want to make anybody think that we are trying to trivialize their loved one's demise and things. Right. Because it's very serious. They're oftentimes really hard stories to read, to research, as it is. But then to try and be like, oh, we're going to get together and like come up with some cute little drink. We don't, we don't want to be doing that. It's and not- I've kind of felt that way since the beginning. I've always said to you that it's really hard for me to like find a drink. I don't want to, I don't know. It's easy to do it like based on location if a crime took place there, but that even feels kind of weird. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know. It just feels a little weird to me, so I don't want to do it. <laughs> so we are no longer doing that. So if you want to drink with us, you can. If you don't. Don't feel pressured. Right. And I a lot of critiques um, towards the true crime communities that some of them don't take it as seriously as they should. It's more so like a fun thing for them to talk about. Yeah. And I don't want it to seem that way. And that's never been our intention from the beginning. We decided long ago, and we even had this like in like a little whisper of an idea that we were going to make sure that we did justice to the people that we were speaking about. And we wanted to make sure that their stories weren't lost. And... If we're giving you some cocktail concoction that came from the town that they had met their demise in, it just felt kind of like we were focusing a little too much on that and not enough on the fact that someone lost their life there. Mm -hmm. So if we're talking about ghosts and whatnot, it's completely different. Yeah, agreed. So that being said, we are going to go ahead and get into our story for this week, which Mm -hmm. Emma has researched diligently, and we decided... a a month and a half, two months ago when this became a story that we wanted to wait until the dust kind of settled Mm -hmm. before we talked about it because we didn't want to, we didn't want to capitalize on the events that were happening, but we do feel it's very important to bring to you the story of Gabby Petito and all the things that have happened. And we want to do it in a way that we are talking about the things that have happened to her so that we can maybe try and, 
bring to light some things that might help find. Well, the, yeah, the main thing of active true crime cases, if you're in the true crime community, is just to get all the information out there right. and try to just lay it out there, let people take it as it is, and go from there. This is still an active investigation. They, Brian hasn't even been named a suspect at this point. He's still a person of interest, and he is still missing. So I think the FBI and Northport law enforcement and a lot of people involved need some help mm -hmm. just pushing the story. I mean, it's been pushed a lot. We're just kind of like the smaller dudes in the back, on the back burner, and the news has pushed this a lot, but... I feel like we'd be doing a disservice to what we Not like to talk about yeah. by just pretending it wasn't there. Right. So, like you said, um, this is going to be a doozy. This is going to be a long episode. There is a lot to talk about, and I wanted to make sure that I talked about it all. I didn't want to miss any of it. Um, there are so many details from start to finish. So, bear with me. It's, it's going to be a long one, but strap in. So we are going to be dis discussing a very recent active case um, that I'm sure most of you are already aware of as it gained an insane amount of traction both online and in global news. And that is, like you said, the Gabby Petito investigation. Um, like you said, just a disclaimer, we decided to wait a few weeks while some of the smoke cleared before discussing this. Um, we didn't want to come off as opportun opportunistic, like jumping on the bandwagon, let's get our views, people are looking into right. this. Um and there were many other true crime podcasters and YouTubers out there who were covering it very well as it was unfolding. I think a couple episodes ago, I promoted Kendall Ray's video. She's now done two, and she does a great job. And she is donating right now $50,000 to the foundation that the Petito family set up. So she's doing all of that. All of her ad revenue is going towards them. So if you want to help with the cause that way, you can go give her some views so some more money can get to them. Which is super awesome. Which is awesome, yes. I love her. She does everything right. And I would really like to get to a point where we could do that. You know, right. donate a decent amount of money to and actually help people. Um, towards the beginning, it seemed that information was being released almost hourly. And I personally wanted to wait to make sure that I had the best information possible and familiar, familiarize myself with what was going on. Um, I think recently things have kind of slowed down. As opposed to like a month and a half ago, we were getting new case developments like by the hour. It was yeah. rapid, rapid, rapid. Well, and, and like you said, we wanted to wait till the dust settled too because there was so much misinformation mm -hmm. in the beginning. Mm -hmm. And you don't want to be, while it's really important to be the first person to a lot of people to get the story out, that's not us. We don't want to be that. It's more important for us to get the right information out. Right. And it still is unfolding. And just this past week, I believe Tuesday... We received even more news from the coroner in regards to Gabby's autopsy. Um, like I said earlier, this case has really just taken the entire world by storm. Not just America, not just the United States, ev everywhere. Everywhere is focusing on this. Um, and I know it has deeply infiltrated you and I's lives. We yeah. are constantly talking about it, and we watched a lot of the initial press conferences as they were aired. It was just something that... I would like wake up and I would automatically go on Twitter and look up her name just to see if they had found her, just to see what was going on. Right. It really consumed me. <laughs> um, and it's hard not to pay attention to a case like this. It's mysterious and it has a very bizarre nature and it really made people want to follow it closely as it developed. And I think it's gotten the most coverage I've ever seen a case get probably in my lifetime. Do you agree? I, like, initial coverage, or at least the most in a, a long time. The 
Only thing I could say that I think it probably has equivalent coverage would be like John Benet Ramsey. Um, when yeah, that but that was so started. long. I don't was I even alive you for that? But I was. So yeah. speaking just for myself, I think that the fanfare and the initial coverage behind that and the I don't want to say fanfare, that's not really the right word, but the um Obsession. compulsory idea behind it and trying to like figure out what the hell happened. Mm -hmm. And even like Elizabeth Smart, I feel like that was pretty close to the same thing. Like the only one I can think of is the case of Casey Anthony that gained anywhere close to the amount of news, like every day, 24 seven, some news station is talking about it in my lifetime. That's the earliest one that I remember like actually being aware of and thinking, Oh my God, like, this could, is happening. I could see that. I could see that being your earliest true crime, like yeah, missing person. Memory. Right. Um, and I want to preface all this by saying that we send our deepest condolences to the Petito family and all who knew and loved her. I cannot imagine going through something so horrific, and I'm sure this is just an absolute never-ending nightmare for them. Not only that, but just to have it brought your... Every day. Every day, just broadcasted everywhere. You can't get away from it. Yeah, There's and I know no her escape. dad has thanked the internet a lot because... The internet has helped a lot in this, but I, I can't imagine just having to see that every single day. And that was a lot of the reason, too, why we decided to wait so long. We wanted to make sure that they, I don't know, like they had some time to grieve and yeah. to come to terms with what happened. Because I could not imagine that being, knock on wood, any one of my kids, you or somebody else. or It would be so horrible. Mm -hmm. And to have to constantly be hearing stories, and I hope that they're not... I'm, I'm sure they're not looking up stories and things, but it would be really hard to escape that. Mm -hmm. And we mean absolutely no disrespect by, the, by this and are mainly just trying to put together a succinct timeline, especially in regards to what the Laundry family has done thus far in an attempt to put all of the information we know out there so we can hopefully see some justice served for the Petitos in an end to the current manhunt for Brian Laundry. There are so many questions that are still unanswered. I have a lot of questions that are still unanswered, but the FBI really needs help locating this man, and this is our way of offering what little help we can. And we will be putting a photo of him on our pages. I'm sure you've all seen him, but I want to get his face out there. I want people to be looking for this person. If you have any information about Brian or even any information about Gabby that you think may be helpful, that you saw anything, that you were in that area at all at any time, and even if you deem it to be insignificant, please give that information to the FBI at 1-800-CALL-FBI. They are taking in all the tips they can. They are trying to get this wrapped up. Okay, so here we go. This is going to be pretty difficult for me to get to. I have cried. <laughs> it's horrible. And so it is tragic, so bear with me. The vi virality of this case has allowed a lot of misinformation and rumors to spread and circulate. We will not be entertaining rude and wild conspiracy theories in this episode. We are going to lay down the facts and only the facts. We may spout off where we believe Brian may be, but that is it. If you came here to listen to gossip or off-the-wall armchair investigator babble, because I have seen a lot of it, I've watched probably every video with a title Gab with Gabby's name in it on YouTube, and there is some crazy shit being said online. People saying that they talk to her spirit. Like, no. we are not going to be doing that here. This is not the podcast for you if that's what you're looking for. This is about Gabby, a real person with a real family who was horrifically taken from this earth far too soon. For sure. So we are going to start from the beginning. Gabrielle Petito was born on March 19th, 1999 in Blue Point, Long Island, New York. 
She grew up in an incredibly tight-knit family, and she was very close with her parents, her step-parents, and her younger siblings. Her dad, Joseph Petito, and her stepmother, Tara, have two kids together, and her mom, Nicole, and stepfather, Jim Schmidt, have one child together, Gabby's brother, TJ, who she was very close with. People remember her growing up as a very talented, loving, and sweet girl. She had a lust for life, and she was very creative and adventurous, which ultimately led her to the van life community. Gabby loved nature and the world around her, and she always had a goal to see as much of it as she could. In high school, she met Brian Laundrie. They actually did not date back then. They hung out in the same circle and had a lot in common, and Brian also loved adventuring in the outdoors, so they bonded over that. He was an outdoorsman, and they... Oh, excuse me. They both graduated from Bayport Blue Point High School in 2017. Right out of high school, she started to work odd jobs here and there to fund her desire to travel. That was what she wanted to do. She knew that she did not want to be tied down to one place. She wanted to go on, go all over the place and see everything. A lot of her time was spent reading, hiking, and just being outside in general. Gabby and Brian began officially dating in March of 2019, and they went on a beach sushi date, which was their first date ever. They ate sushi on the beach and their relationship really took off from there. Brian was a minimalist, a barefoot hiker, which I don't think I'd ever heard of before (laughs) this. I didn't know people hiked like legitimate mountains barefoot. Do you have to like work up to that, like build some castles on your feet and things? Yeah. It sounds super painful. And he was a huge environmentalist. All of this really appealed to Gabby. He was super into sustainability and was very against plastic water bottles and things that harm the environment. Just looking at his Instagram, a lot of the captions on his posts are about like biodegradable packaging. Like he said that he loved to eat melons because it was like a natural bowl. And if he threw the bowl away, it was just going to, you know, compost into the earth and it wasn't going to harm the earth at all. Their travels together started almost right away, and they went on a massive cross-country road trip in a tiny Nissan Sentra in 2019. They drove to California from the East Coast and camped along the way. There are tons of really beautiful pictures from this trip as they visited different beaches, national parks, and cities. And after this trip, they took little weekend getaways to hold them over until their next big road trip, the one that led them to get into van life. Van life, if you guys don't know, is essentially a community of people who live in their vans and they document it all on social media, and they travel all over the world. It seems like a very freeing and cool way to live, not necessarily something I think I could do myself, but I can definitely see the appeal, and so do a lot of other people. So these channels and pages get a lot of views, and very popular. Gabby and Brian started trying to make a name for themselves in their van life world, and began documenting their travels under the name Nomadic Static. They started renovating a white Ford Transit van in 2020, and this seemed to be the goal for their futures together and how they wanted to live. Gabby did a lot of posting on her own personal Instagram account, keeping friends and family updated along the way and documenting their trip. Her first Instagram post with Brian seems to be in March of 2020 for their year anniversary of being together. A few months later, she posted a picture from their first date together with a caption announcing that Brian had asked her to marry him, and she said yes. Both of their families claimed that they were very happy to hear of their engagement. They celebrated, they threw a big party for him, and began to look forward to their future together. Brian's parents, Christopher and Roberta Laundrie, claimed that they were thrilled at the engagement and were really excited for them. They claimed that they really liked Gabby, so much so that they let them move into their house in Northport, Florida. This area had tons of beaches, nature preserves, and hiking trails, so it was right up Gabby's alley and she loved to explore it. 
but she still had that yearning to experience more. So they began to get the van ready for yet another cross-country excursion together. The crazy events of 2020 that we all experienced together postponed their trip until 2021. Gabby quit her job as a nutritionist at a juice bar, got ready, and off they went. This is when Gabby began to turn their travels into a blog and grow her social media, which she had done quite a bit before she went missing, as I believe she had around 100,000 followers on Instagram before all of this happened. Yeah, which is just like a random girl on the internet. It's pretty Mm -hmm. impressive. And it seemed that her dream of being a full-time traveler was becoming more and more attainable. Gabby's 22nd birthday was celebrated in March of 2021 in Georgia, where they hiked the Appalachian Trail together. A month later, Gabby's dad and stepmom moved to Florida to be closer to her, which Gabby was super excited about. Her and her dad were very close, and she was looking forward to returning home from her trip as she would now have family close by to spend time with and help her plan their wedding. The road trip began in June of 2021 in New York, and they went up there for Gabby's brother's high school graduation, and that was going to be their leave-off point. And the official road trip began on July 2nd. It was intended to be a four-month-long trip in which they traveled to a lot of America's national parks. They wanted to go to Wyoming, Utah, Colorado, and their final stop was to be at a friend's house in Portland around Halloween, which is so sad to think that this is where she would be now around this time. Friends, family, and her 100,000 followers followed their journey via her Instagram where she promised those close to her she would keep updated so that she knew where she was, when she was there, and that she was safe. I'm sure her family were pretty nervous. I mean, can you imagine sending me off on a cross-country expedition? No. <laughs> She's... I'm already crying. Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Um, so, to kind of, like, ease their nerves, she said, I'm going to keep you guys updated. I'm going to update my Instagram. I'm going to tell you where I'm at. And when I have service, I mean, they're going through mountains and all of these national park so service is spotty she said she was going to let them know how she was doing and it was going to be you know i'm going to document where i'm at you're going to know where i'm at and when i'm there she posted pictures at colorado springs zion national park the great sand dunes bryce canyon national park mystic hot springs canyonlands national park and arches national park brian seemed to be doing the same on his own personal instagram account and their pictures are amazing I had never seen the Great Sand Dunes before, and it's literally just sand. (laughs) Like, mountains of sand. People bring, like, boogie boards to, like, surf down. Sounds pretty cool. Looks freaking awesome. Just natural sand. So, I'm so glad that she got to see some of these beautiful places while she was still here. And she looked so happy to do so. She released their first and only vlog on their YouTube channel on August 19th. So... A lot of speculation was around that video. I know that the channel was created in like 2011 and people thought that that was weird, but Gabby created that channel, never posted anything on it, and she finally posted years later um, a vlog of them. On August 21st, Gabby's dad placed an Uber Eats order for them. They said that they had a Wi-Fi outage at the hotel they were staying at and weren't able to order and he sent them their food while they were in Salt Lake City, staying in a hotel near the airport. A few days later, Gabby FaceTimed her mom, which her mom says she had been doing about three times a week, and during this call, Gabby said that they were leaving Utah to drive to Grand Teton National Park in Wyoming, and they planned to head to Yellowstone after that. Gabby's last Instagram post was the next day. 
August 25th, which was a series of pictures of herself in front of a monarch butterfly mural. Holding that's a, been pretty famous. Yeah. yeah holding beautiful. a crocheted pumpkin with the caption, Happy Halloween, um, with no location tagged. And people thought that her not tagging her location was a little odd because if you go back and look at the start of her post of her trip with Brian, everywhere that they were at, she had her location tagged just to tell them where they were. They thought it was kind of a little, there's a lot of rumors around this post because Gabby has had typically been in, you know, like hiking and outdoorsy gear. And in this picture, her hair seemed to be a little shorter and she was in super cute clothes. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people almost wonder if that wasn't taken at that time, if she was kind of like recycling a post. Maybe, which um, isn't abnormal. No, which isn't abnormal, but people have pointed it out. Gabby's mom got a text from her the next day, and she states that she was under the impression that she had made it to Grand Teton National Park. They exchanged messages again on August 27th from the Tetons, and she got her final message from Gabby on August 30th that said no service in Yosemite. Which is weird, because that's not the same place. Right. And they weren't going to Yosemite either way. They were headed to Yellowstone. Yosemite, I believe, is in California. Could that be a weird autocorrect? I don't know. Um, I mean, you, they weren't had to spell. They weren't in Yellowstone, really, anyways. So it would it would have to be a really odd misspelling. And even if it was, like they they I don't think they ever made it to Yellowstone. So she wouldn't have been typing. I'm in Yellowstone. They never left the Tetons. So I that's the one that's always like grabbing like really super weird. Like yes. why in the hell would any even if it was sent from someone else from her phone, why would they choose that to send? Yeah. Well, it's I mean, there's a lot of speculation dark. that maybe Brian sent that and. But why would he send it with a weird... I, I don't know. To throw people off. I don't know. I don't want to speculate. I don't either. Um, but that, just so you know, that is something that's been... One of the questions that I have. Yeah. That text is weird. It is super weird. Um, Gabby's mom, Nicole, and her stepdad, Jim, said that they got worried right away. Um, as this seemed to be out of the ordinary for Gabby. And she just stopped posting on her social media altogether after that as well. Her Instagram was not updated one single time over the next week, and no one heard from her. So, of course, it's weird if you're in constant contact with her. Even if it's not constant, you know, in a couple days I'm going to hear from her, and then you don't. Um, Gabby said that they had been, or her mom said that they had been FaceTiming at least three times a week. Right. So she was actively trying to find service to talk to her mom. And as a parent, I could not imagine anything more terrifying than your daughter being out doing this thing, going cross country, which is already hard for you to say, hey, you have my blessing, go do this. Yeah. But then when you have no contact, the things that start running through your mind, I'm sure, were just, mm -hmm. I know how I am, and I know yeah. the things I would have thought, and it would have been really super hard for me. Um, I probably would have been driving in my car to try <laughs> and figure out what the hell was going on. And that, I'm not saying anything about her parents and what they should have done, I'm just more of a, <laughs> I'm going to come to you yeah. kind of thing. Um, so Nicole contacted Gabby's father to tell her or to tell him that she hadn't heard from Brian or Gabby. Um, their hope was that maybe Brian's parents had heard from them or knew where they were or had any information at all to offer up to them. So they began to reach out to them as well, only to get absolutely no response back from anyone. They reached out to his sister, they reached out to Brian, they reached out to parents, and they got no response. Which is fucking infuriating. Yeah. 
She called Brian and Gabby repeatedly, and she was frantically trying to get in touch with them, either of them, to no avail. Because she said at the beginning that she was worried about Brian, too. She was like, well, I'm not hearing from either of them what is going on. they get into a crash? Right. Yeah. Like, I'm not hearing from him. I'm not hearing from her. I'm scared for both of them. It wasn't just like, I'm scared for Gabby. I'm scared for both of them. I'm sure that was the last thing she thought about. Right. Oh, yeah. Was that something had just happened to her. Yeah. As a parent. And you said before they were all really happy mm-hmm. about their relationship and about their getting married and everything. And I'm sorry for all the sniffling. I really was, like, visibly <laughs> um, upset for a sec, trying to get myself back together. But... I'm sure they loved him or love him. I I don't know how they feel now. But, I mean, you've had significant others and, you know, your siblings have had significant others. It doesn't take very long before you very quickly form those bonds with the other people also. Mm -hmm. And it's really easy to think of your child's boyfriend or girlfriend as a part of your family. So I'm sure she, they were really worried and very concerned about And they seem so sweet. Her mom just seems awesome. So, Nicole talked to the police on September 10th, and she told them that she was worried about her daughter. And she has said multiple times that she felt like the police didn't take her concerns seriously enough at the time, which seems to be a pattern in a lot of missing persons cases, especially if it's missing adults. Mm -hmm. Um, There's this thing that they will tell you if you have an adult in your life go missing, that you're allowed to go missing when you're an adult. But... Yeah, they just don't want to be found. Right. Which is but bullshit. people know when something's off. And you know the behavioral patterns of the people that are around you. And you know when something's wrong. So it's very frustrating to not be taken seriously by people that are supposed to help you. Her mom officially filed a missing persons report the next day at 6.55 p.m. on September 11th. The police then let her know that this entire time that she was trying to get into contact with Brian and Gabby, Brian had been home in Florida. Which is so He allegedly arrived back in Florida on September 1st, so that is 10 days before, with Gabby's van and no Gabby. And they only knew that because they went to, after she filed the missing persons report, they went to the laundry house and they found her van in their driveway. So they were like, what the hell is going on here? Her van's here, she's not, where's she at? Although it is incredibly murky and confusing from this point onwards, it is believed that Brian was home with his parents for 10 days without Gabby and said nothing to her family. Okay, and so I'm just going to say this before you continue on. I'm sure you'll talk about it, but how on earth can the police, could the police have not been more forceful with that? Like, you have someone's property. Mm-hmm. It was Gabby's van, registered in you, her name. You her have van. her property, but you don't have her. Yeah. And to not immediately have questioned him harder than what happened, to me, is just the grossest of negligence. And it's not even just that he had her van. All of her stuff was in the van. Like, all of her clothes. I mean, why could you not have her pushed him a little harder this, to say, what the hell? Where's his person? Well, we know why. <laughs> no, I'm saying the police should have been on him. He yeah. should have been taken into custody. Because you can hold somebody for, I think it's 48 hours. 24 to 48 hours without charging them with a crime. To question them and get some information out of them. They didn't have to name him as a person of interest or a suspect or anything. They could have just simply held him and questioned him, but none of that happened. And as a mom, that pisses me off so bad. Mm -hmm. As a person, that pisses me off so bad. Yeah. And I don't understand why that didn't happen. A lot of people failed Gabby in this 
um, Northport Police, and I don't want to point fingers, but Northport Police, we'll learn later, Moab Police, yeah. they fucked up, and, like, big time. Big time. And it made me sick to my stomach when I was learn reading more in depth about this, the amount of people who had the chance to help her Intervene, do something. Do something, and nothing happened. Well, and we're constantly told as the public, if you see something that seems wrong, say if you something. see something that's not right, you need to stand up and say something. So the people who are trained to recognize those things, and to see those things, and to know what the signs of abuse and signs of all of this shit are, are you saying that they're just not trained enough to know that, or they just didn't give a shit enough to do it? Right. It is... I just can't even. So before we get into the rest of this, we're just going to take a short break here because we have a lot more to cover. I'm going to go wipe my nose so I don't keep sniffling <laughs> because I'm really upset. This really bothers me a lot. It's, yeah, it's, it only gets worse. All right, so we will be back in a sec. back so since it was initially believed that gabby could have gone missing in multiple states i mean they are doing a cross-country road trip they she could have gone missing in florida um the fbi got involved almost immediately with the northport police being the primary investigators on this case um the northport police tried to interview brian on september 11th the day that the missing persons um report was filed but his parents answered the door and refused to let them in and speak to him, which... I'm just going to go out. I'm just going <laughs> to go on the record and say I fucking hate those people. Yeah. Um, they did, however, retrieve Gabby's van from their property. And that is in FBI custody. That is in police custody. And it has been for a while. Um, when the police were finally able to get into contact with Brian, he immediately invoked his Fifth Amendment right and his family got a lawyer, refusing to talk to anyone. So, essentially, the police showed up. He said, I plead the fifth, and handed him a piece of paper with his lawyer's contact information. Well, that's what all innocent people do. I, right. I'm not even saying that, like, lawyering up immediately is a sign of immediate guilt. But you would think that if this is someone that you, you love, have talked about on Instagram as being the love of your life... Someone that you wanted to spend the rest of your life with, your fiance, you'd think that you would want Walk to help. right and try to help. Yeah. That's the act of someone who doesn't expect her to be found. And it's also just, even even if he knew what had happened to her, I, I don't know why he wouldn't at least try to, like, make himself look innocent. I have no words for that. Yeah. I, I honestly, it, it's, like, it's, it's mind-boggling. I can't, I, the only thing he did was make it look like he had something to do with it yeah. from the beginning mm -hmm. that's literally what happened yeah the second he stopped answering phone calls from her parents never once did he ever yeah. reply back to any of them nope. or oh my god not a single time and he was just at home doing yeah. his the amount of Florida. restraint her parents showed yeah and not going there and Grabbing him out of his bed in the middle of the night, I cannot even imagine how hard that was. I just don't know how, as his parents, you could let him just, like, lay his head down at night. 
I mean, this is a girl that lived with them. It wasn't just like a random, even if it was a random girlfriend, like this is someone that they claim to think of as part of their family. When you have someone living in your house with you, that is your family. Right. That is someone that you are taking care of. You're putting a roof over their head. You're feeding them. You are excited that they're engaged. Like, I don't understand how you could not feel disgusted and be sitting up at night thinking, what the fuck did he do? Or what happened to He's her? Where's she at? He's just sleeping in his bed now. We have no clue where she's at. Like, I, I, the whole thing is, I don't know. Maybe it's because we're rational thinking people with compassion. Well, and I can, to a degree, I can understand being a parent and wanting to protect your kids. Right. I would support you guys and I would be there for you no matter whatever happened. Not to this, I could not ever do that in... I don't even know the right word. Um, I could never not want you to do the right thing. Mm -hmm. I could never just excuse or pretend like somebody else's life wasn't impacted. If it's like, I don't know. It's just to me, as a moral person, as your mom and as all these things that I am, to me it is such a disgusting thing to think that they allowed him to act like things were fine. And they acted like things were fine. Mm -hmm. They're still acting like things are fine. Yeah. And it is an indication to me that maybe the sociopathy or the other things that he has or whatever don't fall very far from the tree. No, it's very clear that the apple doesn't fall far, too yeah. far from the tree here. Um, they have not cooperated with the investigation at all to this point. They have not. And have refused to speak with Gabby's family to help them in any way. Anytime they have spoken to Gab Gabby's family, it has been through their attorney they have not spoken directly to them. They will not answer their questions. They are doing absolutely nothing. This was literally a parent's worst nightmare. Yeah. Their attorney, Mr. Stephen Bertolino, Mr. Real Estate Attorney in yeah. Don't hire New him. Jersey, um, released a statement on the family's behalf stating that intimate partners are often the first person law enforcement officers focus their attention on. This guy is a chump. Yeah. He needs disbarred. I cannot stand him. <laughs> Which is disgusting. Um, and he also said that he advised them not to speak to anyone because any statement that they make would be used against them. He said garden. Garden a lot, guys. Go out and mow your grass and yeah. plant a flower bed. Um, during this time, as to be expected, Gabby's family was becoming increasingly frantic and desperate for any sort of answer at all. At the very least, Brian knew where he last saw Gabby and could offer that information up to them to aid in their search. They didn't know where to look. They don't. Right. The last message that she got from Gabby was that they were in Yosemite, but they were supposed to be in Grand Tetons. Do they look there? Do they look somewhere between the Tetons and Florida? Like, where where do you look? They had no clue, and he was not going to help them. Um, if he loved her, like I said, and planned to marry her, why would he not help? Why did he return to Florida with Gabby's one means of transportation without Gabby? That was the way they got there. That was the way they were going to get back. If he left her there, she would have absolutely no way. Especially since he had her debit card and credit cards and everything else. Yeah. He would have no way. She would have no way. No way at all. Um, Bertolino made a statement claiming that Brian planned to, quote-unquote, remain in the background of all of this. Is that his, quote-unquote, I'm going to go off and, like, hide in the wilderness? <laughs> Cassie Laundry, Brian's sister, um, is has been the only one to speak to anyone, and she willingly did an interview with both the police 
And she did an interview with the news. But only after. Can I just say? No, it was right away. Was it right away yep, she did right something? right away. Okay. I guess I missed that initial interview. She said that she wanted Gabby to be found safe. Oh, I do remember that. And claimed that she had not spoken to Brian since his return to Florida. The Petito family released a statement begging the Laundry family to help find their daughter, asking them to put themselves in their shoes and see it from their perspective as parents. They even said multiple times, we understand your desire to want to protect your son. Please just show us some ounce of compassion and help us in finding our daughter. That is all we're asking for. The police kept a very close eye on the laundry home, or so they say they did. Yeah. And pretty quickly, protesters showed up in their neighborhood in front of their house demanding answers. Like, almost immediately after we knew that Gab or Brian was in Florida and Gabby was nowhere to be found, people were there. They brought their bullhorns. They were yelling. Which, good, good job, people. Um, I they, hope they cannot sleep a wink. Chants of, where is Gabby, were shouted on their front lawns. And at this point, Gabby was considered a missing person. On September 15th, a massive development in the case was released to the public by police, which was body cam footage of Gabby and Brian recorded back on August 12th. This altercation started outside of the Moonflower Co-op in Moab, Utah. And according to multiple witnesses and people who called 911, Gabby and Brian were outside arguing and someone saw Gabby grab or Brian ga grab Gabby's face and shove her. This person called the police and reported a possible domestic violence incident, stating that he had seen him slapping her around. Those were his exact words. This call was released to the public as well, and he said that he stopped. They ran up and down the sidewalk. He proceeded to hit her, and they sped off in their van. A responding officer spotted their van as they were driving 45 miles per hour in a 15 mile per hour speed zone. So this is like national parks. So we don't speed there. They also crossed a yellow line and swerved and hit the curb. So, flashed his lights on and they were then pulled over with Brian driving the van and Gabby sobbing in the passenger seat. The cop asked Gabby why she was crying, to which she responded, We've just been fighting this morning some personal issues. Brian explained why they accidentally hit the curb and Gabby then took responsibility and claimed that she was distracting him from driving. The officer then asked Gabby to get out of the car. And proceeded to be a dick. <laughs> in the report, the officer noted that during the entire interaction, Gabby did not one time stop crying. She was breathing heavily, wiping her nose, wiping tears away. She was visibly distressed and overwhelmed. Separated from Brian, Gabby explained that she had OCD and she was kind of picking fights with Brian that morning because her vibe was off, those were her words, and she was really frustrated and in a bad mood. Um... Something that bothered her, I mean, when you have OCD, and it's specifically centered around cleanliness, mm -hmm. and you're in the national parks, something that kind of sparked their argument was that, I mean, Brian wears either flip-flops or <laughs> no shoes, so he's having dirty feet, and that's their van, that's where she sleeps, that's where she wants to feel comfortable, and he had made the back of the van really dirty, and she was just trying to clean it, and she's freaking out. I mean, yeah. When you have OCD and you're anxious, you're... Wipe your feet off. Yeah, yeah, you're kind of just off. Well, I'm sure that the time that they spent together in close proximity was taking a toll on both of them. Oh, yeah. And if you do have OCD and you're wanting... It's very hard to maintain that level of control, which people with OCD have to have like mm -hmm. a degree of control. I'm sure it was sending her into some... Probably some... I, I, 
I'm going to use the word manic, but that's not the right word because she was just anxious. Similar. She was just having a panic attack. Yeah. I mean, you want to make sure that you have some control over things. And that was probably her little, that was what she could control mm-hmm. was keeping it clean. Yeah. She goes on to say that she was trying to start her website for their career and that Brian doesn't believe she can do it, which it was very frustrating to her, which was adding to her stress. And she also said that he wouldn't let her in the van unless she calmed down. So he physically locked her outside of the van. Outside of her van. Her van. And would not let her back in until she calmed down. And if you've ever been really upset, the last thing you want to hear from someone is calm Calm down. down. That's not going to fucking help. No. As a woman, I can tell you right now, men, if you're listening, please don't say that. Anyone don't say that. There's just, it's not going to help. The officer spoke to Brian, who was much calmer. He was firing off jokes. He was smiling. Um, He was definitely exhibiting anxious behavior. Um, He was fidgeting with his hands a lot. Um, Talking with his hands a lot. He just, his body language was... Both of their body language was screaming anxious. Mm-hmm. They both looked very anxious. She looks so sad. And they both said, both of them said that they both have anxiety problems there. Mm-hmm. Two anxious people. Then the officer, um, oh, the, he claimed that Gabby just, quote unquote, gets really worked up sometimes. And that he tries to distance himself from her when she does that. Then so victim blaming. the officer asked Brian about his injuries. He had scratches on his face, arms, hands, and neck. To which he said that she hit him with her cell phone and admitted to pushing her. He said, you know, I shouldn't have done it. She was attacking me. She hit me with her, clocked me with her cell phone, and I pushed her. The officers come to the conclusion that the two had a big public blow-up. Brian locked Gabby out of the van, to which she became incredibly afraid that he was going to leave her there stranded. To which I asked the question, why? Had he done that before? Is this a pattern where he leaves her? I mean, if I'm locked out of my car and it's my fiance who locked me out, am I immediately going to think, holy shit, he's going to leave me here? Right. Is that something that he does? I mean, if she is that anxious to the point where she's like literally claw- trying to claw her way back into the van, she legitimately thinks he's going to leave her Out there. in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. And I'm, yeah, I, I don't know. It's not normal. No, not at all. And he said that she maybe scratched or hit him with her phone. We have no way of knowing if this actually happened. Um, This is just what the responding police seem to gather from their discussion with the two of them. Who knows what actually happened that morning or what had been happening that entire trip because this seemed like a blow up that was just waiting to happen. Mm -hmm. Gabby took the blame for everything and said that she instigated the fight but then explained how Brian had grabbed her face, which is corroborated by outside sources and the witness call. I just want to know why the hell they didn't show up treating this like he had been hitting her. Right. That is what they are going into this thinking. They have been told by two people that they had witnessed him physically pushing her and grabbing her and hitting her. And they did not approach that in a way where they should be looking at him and saying, hey, dude, what's going on here? And they even a few times watching the video even told her we're not going to arrest you she was probably terrified thinking she was going to go to jail for what for defending herself which from everything that has happened later you can only determine that's what happened that she was trying to defend herself Mm -hmm. and the cops show up and then they make her feel like she is small and worthless and she's the one that did something wrong which is also perpetuating that whole entire victim 
blaming thing that he was doing because he was trying to make it look like she was the one that had done something wrong, which is ridiculous. Yeah. I just want to know why she was the one treated like the aggressor and he was deemed the victim. And this footage fucking disgusts me, me to my core. And it is one of the main reasons why people who are qualified to recognize the signs of domestic violence should be accompanying the police to calls like this. Because if you had someone who showed up, who knew that every single thing that she was doing, taking the blame, defending him, saying it was my fault, I'm just having a bad day, I'm just anxious, and he's on the other side, perfectly cool as a cucumber, hasn't shed one single tear, he's laughing, you would recognize that that is textbook victim behavior that is someone who is defending and has been told you do this you do this this. if this is said to you you better not Mm -hmm. get me in trouble here that i don't understand it frustrates me so much it really pisses me off that that is how she was treated in a time in which she should have been helped and and things probably would would have ended i mean who knows if they would have ended the same but at least someone would have been there to tell her, I un- I believe you and you're okay. <sighs> the Moab police really messed this one up. If you can't tell, that's how I feel. And a lot of other people feel that way. And I believe that there's a lawsuit coming. And I think some people have been let off. Some people have been suspended for After sure. this footage came out, the I think it was the chief police in Moab resigned. Because he knew, oh my god, this looks really bad. I need to get out of here now. Yeah. Um, there has been, since then, um, we got a second body cam, which... That was I mean, the lady officer, right? That was no, it was the second. She, I'm going to talk about her later. Okay. Um, but there is a second body cam footage. The first one we get is from the initial responding officer, and then the second one is the another, of, the another officer who pulled up mm-hmm. um, alongside. And he is telling her, essentially, like, you know, I've been in situations with girlfriends where like we're both anxious but uh she just kind of like perpetuated my anxiety and then it ends you up in situations like this and you just need to like maybe take a step back and realize that this situation isn't really right for you because it leaves you up here almost just like patronizing like and saying and also had a bad relationship and was an asshole so that means she has to fall in line and also i mean if it was said the right way i could see where he's coming from like hey i've been in a situation like this where i was dating someone who was very anxious and i'm very anxious and it didn't work right maybe reconsider this that's Mm -hmm. one thing like if this is only going to land you in stressful situations maybe that is one way to put it but he also told her that he wasn't going to like cite her for anything right that's because he could tell that she was just in her uh he had a daughter her age and that she was just in her angsty phase oh my god her rebellious phase (sighs) literally the what the fuck i I did not see that one i'm glad i didn't because don't watch it i am it's the first one's enough knowing the outcome of this the first one is enough her dad has not watched it he refuses to see her like that Knowing how things ended, he does not want to see it. It's just fucking disgusting. It is disgusting, and it's so sad because watching her shake and be in the back of that... She was terrified. It was horrible. I I, I have I have no words for any of yeah. this. I'm just going to say here yeah. quietly. She, like I said, her entire body language screamed scared. It screamed victim. She took all of the blame and clearly did not want him to get in trouble. I don't know how they could not see this. It's beyond me. They treated her terribly and made her even more afraid. 
And this is why victims of domestic abuse often do not call the police. This right here. Because yep. a lot of times people are afraid if I call the police, maybe I'm going to be the one that gets arrested because they're going to listen to what he says. It's just... Well, yeah, and he was trying to be all charming. And, and it oh, worked. Yeah. He yep. charmed the fuck out of him. It worked. Like, Brian was smiling and going on and on about how he wasn't upset with Gabby. Um, he also mentioned that he didn't have a phone and didn't want to leave with her phone, or didn't want her to leave with her phone because he'd be left phoneless on his own. Oh, poor boy. Later in this footage, he pulls a phone out of his pocket, which is really confusing because Gabby was talking to her parents on her phone in the back of the cop car. Liar. Caught lying. How are, on the trained, video. how are the trained professionals not picking up on that? Don't know. He <laughs> said, I'm yeah. phoneless. If she leaves me, I'm going to have no way to like contact anyone. I don't have a phone. And whose fucking problem is that anyway? Pulls a phone. That's his, his problem. Pocket. Oh my God. It literally, you see him caught in a lie on camera. That is something. That's one of my other questions. What the fuck is that about? Yeah. Because for a while people thought, okay, well, if he said he didn't have a phone... Maybe they were using the same phone. No. They had phones. Both of them. Because Brian was the one with visible injuries, they deemed Gabby the primary aggressor, but did not take her to jail as Brian didn't want to press any charges. Um, this verbiage of primary aggressor. Okay. What about the person who is... I mean, what is Gabby? 105 pounds, 5 foot 1. Maybe. And we have this man... Who's probably like 5'11", way bigger than her, muscular, you know, I mean, these are adventure people. Like, they mm -hmm. are built. Regardless of primary aggressor, when you go into a situation where you hear that two people are hitting each other, and one is way larger than the other, and knows that, like, hey, I can step back from this right now and be like, stop, like, we're done, I'm mm -hmm. not gonna hit you back. Why was he not deemed an, an aggressor as well? Right. He grabbed her, pushed her, lied. I just... Oh, yeah, this is, this is a lot. Yeah, it is. I, I don't even know. Um, Brian didn't want to press any charges, so they said, we're going to do you a favor and we're not going to take you to jail. <laughs> um, they said that what the witnesses saw was simply uh, Brian defending himself from Gabby. And they also had conflicting stories as to why they hit the curb. Brian claimed that Grabby, gra uh, ga Grabby. Gabby? Gabby <laughs> grabbed the wheel like, threw the wheel to the side, and she denied that entirely. I mean, why would she lie about that? She had right. been confessing... Honest about everything. Honest about everything else. If she had actually grabbed the wheel and tried to, like, swerve and hit the curb, she would tell them that. Right. She, I, I hit him with my phone. I grabbed, I grabbed the, wheel. the wheel. Yeah, it makes no she sense. She denied that. She said, no, I did not do that. The police decided to state that the reason he hit the curb was because Gabby was hitting him. Did he say she was hitting him? No. Did she well, she said she at one point him? that she kind of like smacked him. Like she saw the lights and she kind of smacked him like, dude, look, you idiot. Yeah. There's like, well, we're getting us. pulled over now. Yeah. Slow down. Pull over. And then he hit the curb, but she never said that I grabbed the wheel or grabbed his arm. <laughs> In one of the body cam footages, one of the police is like, I mean, yeah, if uh, I was driving and someone was hitting me and grabbing my arm, I'd probably swerve, try to get him off me. It's like. Oh, yeah, those little rascals. The three man <laughs> woman haters club. Due to the fact that they lived in such close proximity to each other, the only option was for the two of them to separate for the night. He was then to go to the police station the following morning to waive the no-contact order that was now in place, and Gabby was to attend a virtual court date later on. Brian was to stay in a hotel, and Gabby would take the van. 
Brian didn't have money for the hotel, so they decided to put him up in one for free as he was a quote-unquote victim of domestic violence. In order for this to happen, he had to take pictures of and document his injuries, which he did. Experts who have watched this body cam footage says that there are so many red flags. It is classic domestic abuse, and she seems, literally people have used this word, she seems terrorized. Yeah. From the beginning. Gabby was not cited for domestic violence. No charges were pressed. And the officer also noted that Gabby showed signs of separation anxiety and characterized it as a mental health crisis. Which, why would you not then help her get somewhere where she could feel better? I don't... I Everything well, about... Everything that happened here is yeah. so frustrating because there were so many things that could have gone right. Mm-hmm. And nothing did. Why would you... I The guy saying he had a daughter her age... Do you not care for your kid? Right. If you what, walk, what pulled up hell? on your daughter in this yeah, situation, what, would you, what would you think? And even if it's, you can't equate that to your daughter, it's another person. Like you have to, at some point in time, look at people and go, this is going to end really badly. We need to take these steps. Not put Mr. Charming Smile up in a hotel. Not only that, but they know that she's a 22 uh, year old girl who has just admitted that they are traveling cross country together. Yeah, she is far from home. She's far from parents. She's far from home. I, I have, I honestly, a lot of, I have a lot of questions. I've read a lot, but you presenting it in this way is bothering me in a way that I didn't expect to happen. Um, yeah. Um, the separation anxiety that they're referring to, um, there is a moment in, I think the second body cam footage that is released where they say, okay, um, he's going to have to be put up in a hotel for tonight and you're going to take the van. And she says, please, no, I don't drive the van. I don't really know how to drive the van. If he's far from me, like, is he going to be far? Because if he's far, I'm not going to be able to go get him. I don't, I don't drive the van. It scares me to have to drive the van, and I don't want to be away from him. Straight up. Yeah. She's terrified at the thought of him being away from her. It's just, and they just put her in her van and tell her to good luck. <laughs> <God>. <sighs> Before the officers left, Gabby asked them to tell Brian that she loved him and to make sure he had his phone charger. For the phone he didn't have? Thought he didn't have a phone. (sighs) There was one single female officer, Melissa Holes, on the scene who showed up later and she encouraged Gabby to reconsider her relationship with Brian and asked her if she was really happy with him. Um... There is body cam footage of their conversation together that has not been released. I almost wonder if some things were said that are probably going to really incriminate him. Mm-hmm. Um, it has not been released to the public. I don't know if it ever will be. But she could tell that Gabby was anxious and hoped that she'd be more comfortable talking to a woman. Which, thank God, she had some sense. Like, maybe woman to woman, she'll be more comfortable talking mm-hmm. to me about this. Yeah, which is legit. After Gabby's body was found, Melissa said that all she could think was maybe there was something more that she could have said to her yes, that Melissa, day. Yes, Melissa. Yes, she could have done something Well, more. she tried. Well, that's fine. But trying, in this case, it wasn't... Melissa is not, Melissa is not at fault here. Melissa tried her best. She said, reconsider this relationship. You are not happy with him. She did what she All right, could. Sorry, Melissa. Her hands were tied. That, I mean, she's, I think everybody could have done more. She's clearly Melissa in a included. situation where the responding police and the people above her don't really give a fuck what she says, and they're going to do what they want anyways. But until we start pushing more, this the this will continue to happen. So, Melissa, I'm not blaming you, but please, for the love of God, 
be more firm, be more aggressive. Be... Well, she can't control what happens once she's out of her sight. She tried, but she did. I mean, I guess I feel like Melissa's just as much to blame as the other two officers that responded. I'm going to disagree on that, but that's fine. We will agree to disagree. Brian's last Instagram post was August 13th, which was the day after this incident. Gabby was not in either of the pictures. Um, there are some conflicting reports as to whether Brian actually even stayed in that hotel. Um, the hotel supposedly looked at their um, security footage and don't really recall him ever being there. I mean, there's a time in which the police like kind of bring him there. I don't know if he stayed. I don't know. Um, this hotel was across the street from like a domestic violence shelter. Uh, so I don't, I don't know. Um, I'm not sure if you can hear my eyes rolling, but they are. <laughs> According to Nicole, at this time, Gabby and Brian were no longer engaged and had decided that they were too young to get married, which completely contradicts what they told the officers on August 12th, that they were engaged, they were in love, they were happy to be together. They said that multiple times. Both of them were engaged. She's my fiance. Nicole's her mom, right? Nicole, okay. yeah. Her mom was under the impression that at this time they had broken off their engagement because they thought they were too young. We're just going to be boyfriend and girlfriend and we'll see where it goes from there. Things aren't going great. Right. Essentially. The police announced that Brian was a person of interest in this case on the morning of September 15th. It's important to note that this is very different from a suspect. Um, if he was a suspect, they could bring him in for questioning. Person of interest is just like, we have no evidence to suggest that you were involved in this, but we're going to keep you on our radar. And I'm not suggesting that we lock everybody up or put everybody in custody, but I think that we need to change some of these things. Oh, like, definitely. Had they actually held him and asked him questions, we would not be talking about this two months later and all the other shit had not happened. I just... I'm going to um, pour myself another mimosa. We'll be back in a sec. <laughs> Alright, so as I stated, um, he was announced as a person of interest on the morning of September 15th. Um, at this time, as of right now, he is still being referred to as a person of interest. They have not changed the verbiage to suspect. The search for Gabby lasted a while. They had no idea where she could be, and without any help from Brian, they had no clue where to even start looking. Where to focus, they didn't know. So they were looking everywhere. That's expensive. That's expansive. That takes a lot of manpower. And it's not really very conducive to helping. No. Um, due to this search, oh, due to this, the search took place across multiple states. After the body cam footage was released, this case completely blew up on the internet, which made the search harder as well as fake and fabricated tips and information were made, which is sick. I don't understand where you could ever be in life where you think that that's funny, or that's something that you want to do with your time, but get a life. Yeah, people suck. People made fake accounts, claimed to speak with her spirit, and a lot of other gross shit and intentional misdirection that wasted the police's time. Um, there is this video that people talk about where they claim that Brian went live on Instagram for like three seconds. Um, it's a screen recorded Instagram live. I don't know how someone could get on there for three seconds fast enough to screen record it and know that it was going to be something worth screen recording unless they knew that someone was doing that. Right. 
Um, that has not been verified by anyone, so take that as we take that as you wish. Um, on the flip side, a lot of vital tips have come from the internet as well. Things really took a crazy turn on the night of Friday, September 17th, when Brian's parents called the FBI to their home. Investigators were hopeful that this maybe meant that they would start talking with them, but when they arrived, Brian was nowhere to be found. That's when his parents told them that he left on Tuesday to go hiking and had not returned. According to them, he told them he was going for a hike in the 24,000-acre Carlton Reserve. So that is Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Four days. Super worried parents. Yeah. His disappearance came at a very convenient time, two days after Gabby was reported missing. This is 12 days after he returned to Florida without her. The craziest part of all of this is that Brian's parents didn't tell the authorities that he had not returned home until four days later, which seemed intentional. This would allow him ample time to disappear and evade the law. Which if, was supposed to be tracking him, by the way. If Yeah, there are many questions as to how the hell this kid managed to leave. Um, the way that they say is that he left in his Mustang. I mean, you have law enforcement and protesters outside of your house at all times. No one saw him. Neighbors. And no one saw him leaving this Mustang. But parents found the Mustang. And and found <laughs> the Mustang and took it home a day later. Found the Mustang at the Carlton Reserve with a ticket on it because he was parked illegally. And they just drove the car home. Hey, good luck finding your way home, buddy. Yeah. Well, he doesn't have a phone, so how's he going to call him? Oh, wait. He does have. If your son was the face of a massive missing persons case and was being heavily scrutinized by every facet of the media, why the hell would you be okay with him just going for a hike by himself? Not only that, but why would you not report that he hadn't returned the next day? This reason alone is why I think Brian Laundrie is still alive. Yeah. Christopher and Roberta Laundrie do not act like grieving parents who think their son took his own life or succumbed to the elements outside. Well, yeah, the videos of them... Doing just mundane, everyday things. Like, I can get, like, the whole getting donuts dropped off. Okay, you gotta eat kind of thing. But you're gonna plant a flower bed. You're gonna do all these other things. I mean, come on. What the hell? Yeah. I would be inside, probably weigh 10 pounds from all the vomiting I was doing for being so worried about you guys that there'd be no way I'd be out in my sun hat planting a fucking flower bed. Well, I also, I don't know why they wouldn't, like, be worried that maybe he hurt himself. Like, if your son is... The yeah. face of this massive case, why would you not think, okay, he's going hiking by himself. He does that a lot. Not really out of character. But he hasn't come back. Like, the first thought that would be in my mind is, did he go out there to end his life? Right. But they waited four days. Well, not That's four days where he would not be looked for. That's four days where... Well, I don't know why they... Why would they not be looking for him? Why would they want him to run? I don't know why they wouldn't want to make sure that he was in their sight at all times and make sure that he was okay. He's only 22. Like, he is fresh out of high school and college. Like, yeah. he is a young kid, and you're not more worried about that. Yeah, they pretty much suck. Sadly, the remains of Gabby Petito were discovered in Grand Teton National Park two days later on September 19th. Her body was found after two YouTubers reviewed personal footage they took of their own trip to the Tetons, in which they noticed a van that resembled that of Gabby's. One of the YouTubers, Jen Bethune, said, We came across a white van that had Florida plates, a small white van. 
We were going to stop and say hi because we're from Florida too, but the van was completely dark. There was nobody there, so we decided to continue on our way. Gabby's body was found in that general area. Were they van life people too? I think? Yes. Yeah. The Bethunes have not been the only people online to speak up about their encounters with the couple. TikTok user Miranda Baker posted a series of videos stating that she and her boyfriend gave a ride to a hitchhiking man they believed to be Brian at Grand Teton on August 29th. She claimed that the man told them he needed to go to Jackson about, and after about 20 minutes, she mentioned that they were also heading to Jackson Hole and he immediately became agitated and asked to be dropped off. She said they let him out near Jackson Dam and that he walked across the street and into a crowded car park, presumably to find someone else to give him a ride. Right away, a press conference was delivered in which they confirmed that the remains found in the park were that of Gabby. A few days later, it was ruled that her death was believed to be a homicide. Just this past Tuesday, we found out that she had been strangled to death by human force, which is otherwise referred to as throttling. Throttling occurs when someone is strangled manually by someone's hands or fingers, so no Blankets aren't used. No rope, nothing right. like that. Hands and fingers. Which is notoriously known as a crime of passion. Everybody says that the it's always been known in like the crime community that someone that strangles someone, it's usually someone that you know um, that strangles a person. Um, it's usually in the heat of the moment, those kinds of things. So it very much indicates that it's probably someone that she knew. And they also said that her body had... They presumed that her body had been out there for three to four weeks before they found her. Although Brian has not yet been named a suspect in Gabby's murder and still remains a person of interest, there is an active warrant out for his arrest. Between Between August 30th and September 1st, Brian allegedly used Gabby's Capital One bank card and PIN number to make unauthorized withdrawals and charges of more than $1,000, which is a felony. So... I'm hoping that if they do find this guy, that is their kind of ticket into mm-hmm. somehow keeping him to question him. Because, I mean... I would assume at any point in time he's going to be named a uh, suspect. I don't know. I don't know why they haven't done that yet. I don't know how they could. They have to. No one else... Unless... At this point, someone killed her. They have to name someone as a suspect. He was the yeah. only one there. He hasn't come forward to say... Someone else was around that they felt afraid because they heard other people or anything that would indicate that someone other than him did it. So what we know now is that after Brian returned home to Florida, he failed to raise any alarms that Gabby was missing and refused to speak with her parents about where he last saw her or where she may be. His neighbor said he reportedly acted without a care in the world. He mowed his front yard and he took night bike rides with his mom. Then, on September 6th, Brian went camping with his parents for two days in Fort DeSoto Park. Laundry's sister Cassie, who had previously claimed that she had not seen him, was also present for this trip with her kids. There were pictures from that trip of Brian with her children. Who takes a vacation at that point in time? Um, Cassie claimed that they were just roasting s'mores over the campfire, and they were just hanging out. And I'm just thinking to myself... How? Is this the most disassociated bunch of fuckers in the world? Like, for real. I don't know. She told protesters that were gathered outside of her house because after this came out, this came out through Stephen Bertolino, that Cassie was there. He confirmed that they took that camping trip and that Cassie was there. So protesters showed up at her house. um, And she came outside because she said that her kids were afraid, which... 
I get her kids are really young. Well, they yeah. have nothing to do with this. And she didn't do anything. And she hasn't done anything that we know of. I understand why she would want to come out. But the fact that she did come out and speak to anyone speaks volumes because yeah. no one else has done that. Right. And she has a right to protect her family. Yeah. Um, she said that while they were on that trip, nothing about Gabby came up. Um, no one talked about Gabby. Okay. Which is weird in itself. Uh, which I, I don't believe. Because I think they took that camping trip because they were worried that their house was being listened to. And they were thinking, we got to go somewhere and get a plan. And talk about it. And then, hey, guess what? You're just going to vanish, Brian. Yeah. That's what I think happened. But, you know, who cares what I think? <laughs> I care. She also said that there was no feeling of grand goodbye. Um, she didn't feel like that was the last time she was going to see her brother. She didn't feel like that was his farewell. Like, okay, this is our last time together. Bye. Um, she also said, and this is interesting to me, that she doesn't know if her parents know more. She was asked, do you think your parents know what happened to Gabby? She said, I don't know. She was then asked, do you think that Brian is capable of killing Gabby? She said, I don't know. Hmm. Which, I mean, my brother, if someone asked me, do you think my bro your brother is capable of committing this crime? I know my brother. Yeah. I would say, no, no, I don't believe he is capable of doing that. The fact that she doesn't know, and she's like, you know, she's probably sitting at home like, what the fuck? Yeah, probably. She said that her parents had not spoken to her. They have cut her out of their life. Which is um, crazy. They will not speak to her Which makes you all. think she was pushing back. And also, she's like, not lawyered up, so she can say whatever the hell she wants. And hopefully she says more. Yeah. She spoke to protesters because she felt as if her parents' attorney had thrown her under the bus, which he did. Yeah, for sure. And that she hadn't said that she had never seen Brian, just that she hadn't spoken to him or hadn't been able to speak to him. But that's still different, Which though. is like lying that's, by omission. Why would you not lying. say, like, okay, yeah, maybe I haven't talked to Brian since that happened, September 6th, which is only five days before Gabby's reported missing. But we did go on this camping trip. I mean, that would probably be something that you would want to mention. The whole entire family is lying and they're covering and it's just ridiculous. She also confirmed that Brian, there were, there were suspicions that Brian had flown home before yeah. he finally came home. She confirmed that Brian did fly home and she said that he flew home to get some, move some stuff out of a storage unit that him and Gabby had together um, because they wanted to save money, which... Didn't anybody at that point go, why are you home by yourself? People, well, Where him and his Gabby? dad went to do that. Gabby was alive at the time. She said that um, her kids FaceTimed Gabby because he came over to her house for dinner or something. She, Her kids talked to Gabby. So he was premeditating this? Um, they don't know. My question is, they said that it was too expensive for him to still have a storage unit. Uh, someone on YouTube looked at the... Most expensive price of a storage unit in Florida. And it's literally like $70. Yeah. I don't know how buying a round trip flight from Wyoming to Florida is cheaper and, yeah. than just keeping your shit in your storage unit. The whole thing is so goddamn bizarre. And he left her there for that too? You left her there to fly home to move shit out of your storage unit? You left her there by herself with the van in the middle of nowhere? And when was this? Uh, that was... Mid-August, I believe. I don't know the exact date. I'll have to get that. That's okay. You don't have to get the exact date. It was before, a couple weeks before he drove home. And she says, is there any way to confirm, like, the FaceTimes with their kids? No. I mean, 
the family's suspicious, but if I'm going to trust anyone at this point, it's going to be her. Yeah. She's the only one who has seemed to want to say anything about any of it. Uh, no one else wants to talk. She's talking. I also feel like, why are the parents not being leaned on a little bit harder? Why would you not... Why are the... I, I know that there are things you have to do legally. And I completely understand and I appreciate rights. And I would like to be treated as if I'm not a criminal, if I'm not doing something wrong. But everything leads to them having some knowledge of mm -hmm. something. So why they're not being leaned on a little bit harder and being forced to make some kind of a statement or bring them in. They've lied. You've caught them in lies. That Why are they in? Well, just recently, uh, Chris, Brian's dad, was asked by the FBI or Northport Police to come help look yeah. in the park for Brian. I don't know if they found maybe like a campsite that mimicked... they. Chris would know how Brian would camp. Mm -hmm. He taught him everything. He taught him all of his nature shit. So if he showed up to a campground, he's like, yeah, that looks like the way Brian would build a fire. Or that looks like something he would leave behind. Or that looks like something he would do. Right. I think that maybe they brought him out for that. And Stephen Bertolino advised him that he should do that. So he did. Um, he think he spent like three hours, three measly hours with <laughs> the police on a morning, random morning, uh, and then drove home. I don't get it. I really, truly do not understand any... I don't understand any of this. It blows my mind every time we talk yeah. about it. There is... They have... The protesters have put a memorial for Gabby in the laundry's front yard. And I saw a video the other day of Chris mowing his grass. Yeah. And he mowed around the memorial. Yeah. And I think maybe if anyone might be on the verge of... Snapping. Snapping and being like, I can't do this anymore. I'm going to say everything I know. It may be him. Because he's not taking the memorial down. He's mowing around to make sure it still looks nice. Um, he's going out there and helping them look. His mom it has not to, said a word. It has to like get to you. I would imagine. Unless you're just like a straight up psychopath. But they have to be sitting in their house every day. Thinking about it nonstop. And at some point, every human is going to if they not be able to handle it Even if they anymore. don't snap, there's a degree of fucking up that's going to happen. Somebody's going to say something, do right. something. You can only keep that facade up for so long before it starts to crumble. And it was recently confirmed that when Brian returned home, they went to an AT&T store. Yeah, the phones. And <laughs> bought him a new phone. Um, well, no, not a new phone. Because he didn't have a phone. They got him a phone. <laughs> no, they bought him They bought him a new phone. Uh, it was registered under his name with AT&T. So it's not like they're trying to hide it at all. You think if you're going to buy a burner phone, you'd buy a minute-to-minute phone. They where... probably did. This is probably all to It's on AT&T, but he left that phone behind. Um, the police and FBI have searched their house to look for anything when he went missing. And to get like clothes and shit for dogs to smell and try to get a scent. And that phone was like on his dresser. So I feel like they bought that phone to show that he needed a replacement phone, but they probably got him some cheap little Walmart minute phone. And that's what he's using. Well, do you think, my question is like, do you think the police have like bugged their house? No, because you have to have a search warrant for that. And they're not treating this like it's any kind of a, a 
like priority to them to go in and actually lean hard on this family. It is important to mention that if they are communicating to each other, they could be doing it in a hundred percent legally through their lawyer. There is attorney client privilege. Um, if they have anything to say to each other, Stephen Bertolino could be getting messages from Roberta and giving them to Brian. Is Brian. he both their attorneys? Is yep. he all their attorneys? Yeah. Um, if that were to come out, <laughs> that Stephen Bertolino is doing that, because at this point he's wanted. I mean, he yeah. has a warrant out for his arrest. If that were to come out, I believe he would probably go to jail. Although there's attorney-client privilege, there is a line that they draw. Right. There's also still aiding and abetting a criminal. Right. I believe he would probably go to jail. That's committing a crime, and he would probably never be able to practice law ever again. At this point in time, I think that he is in way over his head, mm -hmm. Stephen Bertolino. He's oh, yeah. a real estate lawyer. Is he friends of theirs or something? He, yeah, because okay. he's back in New Jersey where they're from. That's why I was wondering, like, why would any, like, Long real estate... Oh, I guess Long Island. That's New York, right? Why would any real estate attorney ever take on a case no, that they they're want? friends. And ask someone, like, that wants to do the best for their son, why would you pick some attorney who doesn't even have... Like a background in what you need. Well, if if Chris, uh, Brian, I always want to say Chris. If Brian is found and arrested and charged with all of this, they will have to be forced to get a different lawyer. There's no way that they would ever let a real estate lawyer go into probably one of the biggest criminal cases we will see in a long time. So they would have to get a really fucking good criminal attorney. Yeah. Like there is no way that they could have Stephen Bertolino on the stand the no. defense there is and no way after all the things he's done why would you want him he doesn't i'm sorry steve but you don't you seem, seem very to be good slipping at what up a little bit and i think it might be because you realize that you are not equipped to handle well, something yeah, like the, this and and okay or maybe he's a brilliant manipulator and all the things that he's let quote unquote slip are literally him like trying to get the people the public eye off of the family and onto the sister so that they can have a little less heat. I guess. I I, mean, I think he's I the know. dumbest man or the smartest man. I don't think he's in the middle somewhere. I don't think he's very smart. Um, and a lot of his statements have come out like via text message. Which is really <laughs> weird to me. Super professional. Um, I don't think I've seen him speak in public. I don't know what The Petito's like. lawyer has done all of their yeah. talking. Any statement made has been in public, on a press conference, um, in a microphone. We know what he looks like. I don't. I don't know if I know what Stephen Berlino looks like. I'm gonna Google him. <laughs> I don't think I've seen him. He has not made a public appearance, and he's probably gonna keep it that way. Let's see, Stephen with the PHRV. Uh, v. Well, it might be PH. No, it's a V. All right, we're gonna look him. Oh, that looks like Woody Harrelson. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> what? If he there's was... a movie about this, Woody Harrelson might play Stephen Berlino. Don't do it, Woody. You're better than that. It is gross. It's really sad, and it's a shame, all the things that have happened. Um, So, where we're at now, there have been multiple sightings, they're unconfirmed sightings, of Brian in the Appalachians. And this is not far-fetched because Gabby's friend Rose came out and said straight up that Brian had... He often bragged about the three months that he spent in the Appalachians by himself. Mm -hmm. Um, So... Like Dog the Bounty Hunter said, because that man got involved. I'm not going to talk too much about him because I don't think he's really done anything. I think it's all promotion. Um, but like Dog the Bounty Hunter said, when he heard that, that changes it from hiker, someone who likes the outdoors, to skilled outdoorsman. Right. Survivalist. Survivalist. Like, knows how to survive out there. He hikes barefoot. 
Like, he would know. Um, and also, the Carlton Reserve in Florida, where they think, he, where they were initially looking, and they've laid off a lot. But the other day, there was police tape. Yeah, they said they were doing, quote-unquote, a yes, drill. Yes, but I watched this um, retired police chief. He was like a New York police chief. His name's Duty Ron on uh, YouTube, if you want a good person to look at. He does a lot of coverage about this, and it's interesting to see it from law enforcement perspective. He said there would be no way in hell they would do that, that Northport police would do anything like that it's that time. an active investigation. And he said that place has been closed to the public for a long time. No one can go in there. And if they were to do any kind of training, they would not go there. And he said they only put police tape up. That is crime scene tape. Mm -hmm. They only put that up if it is a crime scene. So I'm very curious. But nothing came out, though. That we know of yet. Well, why would they keep that secret? It would... Bode, I don't know. It would not bode well for anybody to. They're keeping. Sit a, I think on they it. know a lot more than we do, and they're keeping a lot of things under wraps. But like I said, there are two unconfirmed sightings of him in the Appalachians. Um, one I don't know too well, but one was from this older man who said that he was driving, and he saw this truck, this big white truck. He said it looked newer, um, not like a beater. It was a, like a pretty nice truck. Uh, flashes lights as if to like say like you can go. Mm -hmm. So he started driving and this guy like pulled up to him and kind of like flagged him down. He said that he seemed frantic. He seemed all over the place. He seemed very weird. And he asked him how to get to California. Right. And he was that like, way. dude, you, I way. mean, that's like a really long drive, but you just got to like head west, I guess. Um, and he was like, um, my girlfriend, I love my girlfriend. Um, she's out there. Like she wants me to come see her, like all of this. And he said that he didn't realize at first that he knew it was weird, but he didn't realize. And he sat there for like 10 seconds and was like, holy shit. That was Brian Laundry. which he, he had, said something else. He, he said, he said, it was, he said the name wrong, yeah. but I mean, he's an older dude. He's probably, I think he's like 50 something and he was frazzled as fuck. You could hear it on the um, phone call. He seemed scared. And he was like, I, without a doubt, like 99% believe in my mind that that was who that was they even had him listen to like a voice sample of mm -hmm. brian's to see if it matched his voice and he said without a doubt that is who i spoke to any idea where he got the truck no like did the family like buy him because i think mom and dad own run a business out of their house right yeah but i think it recently like they shut it down um those people don't ever have to leave so there is that sighting um that was one of the reasons why i wanted to do this because if you live i'm not sure i mean the appalachian trail is huge i'm not do you know, remember what state he was in when he saw that? I think it was North Carolina. Um, and I am notoriously bad for my geography, so please don't <laughs> quote me on that. I feel like it was farther um, north than that. Like, I am really, really bad. I feel like it was like somewhere near Virginia, but I may be wrong. Okay, hold on. Appalachian Trail, states... Oh my no, god. Look up the That's too much. Not the states. You gotta I'm look looking for the states that ghost her. Okay, well, um, okay, so it does go through North Carolina, Georgia, South Carolina, North Carolina, Virginia. That all... is not what I asked of you. I asked you to tell me what state he saw him in. He I I'm pretty sure it's North Carolina. I'm gonna get the absolute the actual state. Alright, well I'm pretty sure I'm right. <laughs> Virginia. Oh, damn it. That's not right. Um so that's where that was. So if keep your eyes out, I guess. Um, that was one of the reasons I wanted to do this. He could be in Florida. He could be anywhere. Um, if he is not alive anymore, we're never going to find him. The four-day head ever. start from his parents indicates to me that there was a plan in place and that he is probably nowhere where anybody is looking for him. 
there's probably a bunch of sightings and things where just normal, weird, random, bald guys are talking to people. I mean, yeah, he looks pretty fucking normal. He's just yeah, a bald dude with some facial hair. But there are, if you want to look it up, we can probably post them in our in our caption or our post that we make. But um, a lot of artists have like drawn him as to what he would look with a full beard, what he would look clean shaven, what he would look if he was wearing sunglasses, because that is like the number one common mm-hmm. disguise of someone who's trying to conceal their identity. What he would look like with a baseball cap, because that's like number two number uh, number two disguise. Um, so just so you have like what he would look like. With all of those. I did see a ridiculous one where they said what it would look like with a full head of hair. And I was like, I'm pretty sure that's not going to be the case. <laughs> no. Unless he's wearing a wig. Um, but he could be anywhere. I I don't know. I don't know if the investigation seems to have really stalled. The search for him is really stalled. That's because I really truly don't believe he's anywhere that they are looking. The parents knew. And you know what? Let's just do a disclaimer. We have no information. Anything. Yeah, don't sue us. We're not claiming you're guilty, but alleged. four days of a head start before they're notified is a very long time to get yourself anywhere you want to go. Mm-hmm. I mean, he could have met up with someone else by the Mustang when they dropped it off, got into a car with someone. He could have had an accomplice, and he could have been all the way to Mexico. He could be in Canada. There are so many places he could have been. And since he was only a person of interest, there's nothing preventing him with a passport to legally go from country to country. Yeah, at that point, now that he has an active warrant out for his arrest. Um, totally different. Totally different. Like, he couldn't just get on a plane and fly anywhere. But at the time, I mean, he's a free man. Right. He can go he anywhere. He could have gone anywhere. And they knew, because what, he went on, he disappeared, and it was the next day that they found her body? Yeah. Yeah, the very next day. And that was right after that YouTube or the um, van life people said, here, we saw this. So it's almost he, like he felt he like knew. they were like hot on his trails. They were yeah. like, oh shit, they're going to find her. And then he took off. Yeah. So he could be anywhere and we may never, ever know. Yeah. I'm starting to get less Optimistic, hopeful yeah. that he's going to be found. I pray that he is for her family's sake. Mm-hmm. Um, her family has taken this... S- so well they seem like the sweetest family i mean it's hard for like step parents to get along with like ex-wives to begin with but they have done done it so well every press conference that they do they are just so composed and are i don't know what the what they've done with this foundation the Gabby Petito Foundation is amazing because they want to make sure that this doesn't happen to anyone else. The fact that they did that so quickly. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Uh, I do want to say if you do want to donate to or donate donate to the Petito family, there are two places that they have asked for donations to go to outside of their foundation. There are a lot of fake campaigns going on, and I will link the official GoFundMe, the real one, because um, you know how people go. They want to get their money. Um, the only two places are the official GoFundMe that we will link below and the John McNamara Foundation. Um, so those are the only two places that they want money to go to outside of the Gabby Petito Foundation. For sure. So, In the meantime, please take care of one another. Please stay. Stand up for things and speak if you see something wrong. Help the people that you love if you know that they're in a situation they need to get out of. There's lots of things we can do as people. We don't have control of everything. 
but help the things you can. And that's all we can do. Like if you think somebody's in danger, somebody's being a victim of domestic violence, and I'm not saying like, I know we talked about how he was so much bigger than her. We're not saying that only women are victims of domestic violence. That's not true. So if somebody in your life that you love, you think they're in a situation they need to get out of, please talk to them, help them, get them away from the situation as best you can. Because it's it's a hard life out there, and we all need to do what we can to help other people. I mean, it's a vicious cycle that a lot of it people really is. don't have the means to get out of. And when you're in a situation, sometimes it's really hard to see that as mm -hmm. this is how it is, and I need to get out of here. And I deserve better. Yeah, you all deserve better. We love you. So. <laughs> yeah. All right. I don't want to do our normal outro, so I think we should just wrap it up here. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. We will see you next time. Um, it is still spooky season, so we'll be coming back next week with a paranormal scary story. And I do want to reiterate, if you have any information at all that you think is important to this, don't no dumb shit. Like if you are there or you are in that area and you have seen anything that you think may help them, please give that information to the FBI at 1-800-CALL-FBI. All right. Thanks for listening. Bye.